What is up, everybody? We're still sifting through the rubble. That was the 2022-23 fantasy season, but we need to start thinking ahead, all right? And today, I've got a very special guest who's going to help me do that. We're going to be looking at who we think are going to be the breakout players next season, and these guys are locks, all right? You want to get on the ground floor. We're giving you the straight goods. You know what we got to do? We got to get the biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL Today. everybody thank you so much again for joining me this is fantasy nhl today a sports ethos presentation i am your host blake creamer please follow me on twitter at blake creamer se please all right come on just just do it. uh i've got a discord as well you got to get your buns in there uh the link is in the description you got to click it and then then you're chatting with me all right one-on-one and that's what you want all right like I said, I've got a very special guest here on the show. I am so stoked. I've been a fan of this man and his content for a little bit here. So, you know, he's a host of the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. It's amazing. You can also find him on Twitter, at FH Hacks. This man is a legend. Saskatchewan's own, Devin Davidson. Devin? <laughs> what are you doing here? Buddy. How you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Blake. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, that's that's a great intro. More than I deserve, for sure. <laughs> you know what? I just I try and give it my all in the intros. Yeah. And then I just fizzle out. You know, that's you're going to have to carry the rest of the show. Are you good with that? Uh, I'll, I'll do my best for sure. But yeah, there's a reason we called ourselves the hacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like an honorary hack right now. And that's nice. 100%. All right. Buddy, so um, yeah, as I said, uh, Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, you guys got to check that out. It's excellent content. These guys are crushing. Um, and I did want to just quickly mention, um, I was just looking at your website today too, and, and you guys got a nice product going on over there. Um, how, how long did that all kind of get put, put together? Like it's, it's just super professional and easy to, to you know, get the information you want there. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I actually threw that together myself. Um, it, it took some time. It was, it was developed over, you know, a few weeks, I guess. Um, we, uh, we haven't been active on it recently, but yeah, throughout the season, generally that's a great place to find content. So blog content, we got rankings on there. Um, and we're partnered with Left Wing Lock, I think, as I had mentioned to you off air. So all of our rankings come from our buddy Mike McLaughlin over at Left Wing Lock. So, uh, yeah, check it out. These guys are crushing from all sides. Oh, my God. Amazing stuff. Love it. <laughs> um, and also, buddy, you know, how are you liking these playoffs? This is crazy stuff. I mean, oh, you know. Man. Like what, what's your, what's your take on all this silliness? I mean, last night and then tonight, you know, what, what, what are you, what are you thinking with all these, these, yeah, these the, games here? The past 24 hours have been pretty crazy. I mean, president's club or president's trophy winning Boston Bruins done, right? Like who expected that? Yeah, um, no. pro- probably if not the biggest disappointment, it's got to be in the top two or three. Um, <laughs> the other example that comes it, to mind is, is Tampa Bay in 2019 against Columbus. Exactly. I mean, I, 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 you know, I definitely, I didn't think that Boston was going to take the cup. It's just, it, it, you know, it, the season was too perfect, you know, yeah, and there was, there agreed. were some weird little kind of cracks there and, but I didn't think first round and no. I didn't think Florida. What? No. Oh my God. Like not at all. You know, I mean, it, Alex Lyon, Sergei Bobrovsky, like the, no one gave those guys a chance to, to get past Boston, honestly. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense, but you look at the, the guys that were really doing it like Maddie Kachuk, what a freaking unit. Uh, like, a monster. you know, very hated guy in the league, but how can, if you're a fan of hockey, how do you hate this man? 
You're, like, well, yeah, he's, he's a dingus, you're talking but... to an Oilers fan, so I can hate him plenty, but uh, but oh, I do respect yeah. him. Well, McGonagall! Billy is to. dead! This guy's a gamer, no Slit question. Slit his throat! Hey, I'm trying to eat lunch here. Come on. Oh, man, this is where, yeah. Well, you know what I was thinking about doing, and I'll probably put you on the spot here. I'll, I'll, get, I'll let you know now, but maybe just some some <laughs> off-the-cuff predictions for round two at the end of the episode. Oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I won't hold you to this unless unless we go, you know, four for four, and then, of course, we'll we'll ride away in the sunset together as legends, okay? For sure we will, yeah. Yeah, Done. exactly, okay. <laughs> so, okay, cool. So, um, <laughs> what is there? So, obviously, uh, Colorado lost as well to Seattle. Yes. That is... Yes. That is honestly, that's a bit more surprising to me than the bot. Wow, I can't even say that. They're both equally shocking. It was just a crazy um, 24 hours. I and I agree with you. Like Seattle, no one gave them a chance either against Colorado. I I think they really missed Gabriel Landeskog in that series. To be honest. Yeah, guys are you know the the spine of the team, basically the core. I mean, they were with they they just. I, I think they went through a rough season you know what i mean just the, with all the injuries and then even this nachuskin stuff happening kind of at the end yeah, like it's taken a little bit definitely weird um you know and the guy was playing lights out too in the first couple of games so it's just i don't know their, their season i bet will you know more uh layers of the onion will just be peeling back and we'll be like oh this guy was injured you know this this happened that happens but For still sure. you know like i, I gotta ask you what, what did you think of that jordan eberly hit on, on andrew cogliano it, it it was it was rough. Like if if Kale McCars was was a suspension, then Eberle's is a suspension. What are we doing? Like there's no yeah. th- there's no consistency, right? And I'm not a big uh, bash guy on on the referees. Like I played hockey for years, and I was that guy when I played hockey. And and I grew, <laughs> I you know, I'm like, what the hell? We would have won. You suck. But now <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm I have a you know a broader. I'm trying to have a broader perspective of you know human beings in general and what they're going through. For sure. But buddy, you, you no, like let's have some consistency. Like, like yeah. you broke the guy's neck. Just um, you consistency, know. please. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you can always look at the look at the officiating it, but that was a particular miss. And there I, I, there's another one in that Oilers game, I thought was just a blatant missed call that that high stick um that led to the LA overtime goal. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> what are we I, you know, I'm still bitter, yeah. I can't believe that. I honestly can't oh. believe you watched 18 different angles of that play. And, and how do they deem that Velarde's blade didn't touch that puck? It makes no sense. And, and they had a chance to get it right and they didn't. So there, there's, there's a couple things there where it's, yeah, it's, it taints it a little bit, but I don't know. The, the hockey was still crazy exciting and the teams I wanted to win got through. I'm, I'm Edmonton. I'm Toronto. Those are the teams that I'm, that I'm really riding with this year. So um, yeah. Uh, but Edmonton's your team. You said, Edmonton's my team. Uh, I'll be honest. That game of the night, when they're up four three on the power play and Dino scores a shorty, I almost threw up. Um, yeah. But then I found out rough. after he, well, Skinner broke a stick, right, and didn't didn't realize it. Yeah. So that's a just a tough play. How many times has that happened to a guy in his career? That's the funniest thing on Twitter too. You're like it happens, and then uh, you see all the tweets. are like, "Oh my God, Skinner, you suck. You're terrible. You know, go jump in a lake." And then you know, and then the Back next person comes up, like, "Hey, everybody, hold on. Like his stick broke. Okay, what yeah. are we doing?" And actually, so, Kempe yeah, broke his stick apparently. It, you know what? What it, I I don't know. Uh, I, I yeah. just Yamamoto. Thank you. I knew I had a feeling yes. it was going to be someone. You know, on the you know out of the main guys like it was going to be some random getting getting the win there and and but i was happy to see it i think the, the right team won for sure yeah but uh you know the, the difference between this year's oilers and last year's oilers is definitely their bottom six has actually produced like 
Dreisaitl has had a fan, he had a fantastic series. McDavid was pretty good, but nobody was talking about those guys. They're talking about Clean yeah. Costin, right? They're talking about all these other depth. Yeah, players. what a game! What a yeah. game that man had in like nine minutes. You know, I yeah. love that. That's your that's the guy you want in the playoffs. Just go out there and give me nine of the most quality minutes I've ever seen. Like, Absolutely. way to go, buddy! Yeah, love that guy. What's your take on uh, Skinner? Do you think he's good enough to kind of take them where they need to go? Because to me. I mean, they've shored up the defense. Like Evan Bouchard is is playing very well, and then obviously yeah. you've got Ekholm uh, sorting things out there on the back end. But Skinner to me is still kind of the question mark that that worries me a little bit. CMR, hmm? you're fired. I'm sorry. Did, did you just call me a liar? No, I said you were fired. Oh, that's much worse. Yeah, I think like most Oilers fans, there's there's nights where you go, what just happened? And yep. there's nights where he's lights out. And, and this last game, game six, he was really good, save for a couple of mistakes, right? And I mean, they were talking about post-play, right? Is, is this post-play an issue? And and I don't think it was an issue. Like Kelly Rudy mentioned on the on the broadcast, there was one game where he, that Deneau goal between his skate and the post, he wants that one back. Uh, but he's a rookie goaltender. I mean, the guy had almost 30 yep. wins in his first season so I, I'm not concerned about Skinner I think he'll be just fine and the Oilers kind of like Colorado last year are able to outscore their troubles generally I mean I, I'm not concerned yep. about that and their power play my god just yeah, outrageous stupid. not all peepee times are poopoo times but all poopoo times are peepee times yeah yeah so, I mean no. and, and that's they did that against a good LA team like a good defensive LA team they smashed them, you know. I mean, they're they're that power play is ridiculous. Um, yeah, so that's that's I, I'm loving the Edmonton Oilers. I actually I'm a little bit worried about McDavid too. Just seeing the videos of him shaking his leg out, he he took that hit from Doughty and yeah, what a che- oh Doughty, come on, buddy, like that's another you, guy that I respect you, but don't like. <laughs> oh man, like this, it's not necessary, right? Like let's take out the best player in the world so we can win the series. It's like. Just how about you just beat him? You know what I mean? That let's let's yeah. do that instead of you know, but but he can't beat know, him. So I hope he's good. Take him out. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, sorry, we're digressing. I just I haven't I you know, my wife doesn't talk to me about this stuff. I, I got hey, nobody, my either. kids don't know what's going on. So yeah, I'm just yeah, we're I got the same page. I got to get this going. Um, okay, cool. Now we're digressing. But uh, one thing I like to do while I got guests on here, I I I like to just kind out your uh, kind of find out your your like your fantasy origin story. Like what what got you into fantasy hockey? What, and and even further to that, what player? There must be a player who's like, oh yeah, that guy basically just won that for me. Like I love kind of finding out, you know, players that you that you love in fantasy. So, anyways, give me give me your origin story. What happened? Well, mine's actually kind of interesting. Um, so I've always kind of been into statistics. I I did really well in statistics in my first year of university, and it just so happened, um, in this is coming up on ten years now. And my buddy Tyler, who's actually one of the hosts on our, our podcast. Uh, he just texted me one night. It was around Christmas time, and he said, "Hey, this guy just dropped his entire team to waivers in our fantasy league. I got to fix stuff. Like we're looking for an extra guy to to join the league." He said, "Are you interested?" And I've always been a fan of hockey, right? Um, played hockey growing up and stuff. And uh, I said, "Yeah, sure. Like, let me know. Send me the info." So he sends me info. This team was well below 500 at Christmas, um, but I had Carey Price in goal. And I think in 2014, 2015 was when Carey Price was just lights out. Um, so that, that's one guy to answer your question. Like he performed well for me. Patrick Kane would be another one who I've had on multiple teams where I've won leagues. Uh, it was not good this year. He had a terrible season. Um, yep. but so yeah, I, I took over this team, uh, halfway through the season and my first year playing fantasy, I win the league. So, you know, that, that was a pretty good start to my fantasy hockey experience. And from that moment I was just hooked. Um, and I tell this story lots and it pisses off Tyler, but, 
I've now won, I think, six of the past nine years in that league. So uh, it's gone quite well. Um, yeah, buddy. No, you keep telling that story. All right. Until they yeah. take it from you. Come on. Somebody's got to do better. All right. That's <laughs> that's, that's part so, of it. Yeah. 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 Love it. Can't get enough. I'm, I'm basically addicted. So. Oh, buddy. Yeah. No, that's that's the way to do it. Uh, yeah. Fantasy hockey, man. Just because I don't even care about the money. I just like and the, the money's nice, actually. But sure. You know, yeah. Like I, I've been playing for just over a decade. Um, started with a group of buddies and yeah, I, I feel like once I started focusing on things a lot more, like I was able to to kind of really take over there. And now they're catching up to me. I hate it. Uh, like I won like three years in a row. And now they're like, now now I placed fifth last year in that league. And that's like my favorite league. And it's just, it's killing me, buddy. Oh, Damn parody, hey? Yeah. I know. <laughs> why, why, what are they doing? They're probably listening to the podcast. That's what's happening. Um yeah, well, yeah, maybe maybe I'll put some misinformation out there. Yeah, that's that's the plan next season. So, well, I probably shouldn't say that on the air, but that that's fine. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, I love that. Thank you, Devin, for being on the show. I really appreciate that. All right, let's get to biz. Um, for today's show format, Devin and I, um, uh, he brought some players. I've got some players. We're going to present a few of those out that we think are going to be prime breakout candidates next season. Um, so this is, yeah, this is way early, but you know, it's, it's kind of fun to put these things out there and we can look back and just see how we did, you know, and, uh, kind of, you know, we'll take it from there. But, um, the way I, one thing I like to say is just the way I like to define breakout, just so I can get on the same page with the people who are listening here. Um, I define it as just a noticeable step up in point production and ice time, you know, so it's not necessarily a player that's never done anything. And then all of a sudden he's doing everything, you know, it could be like a, a 40 point player that becomes a 65 point player, right? Like I'm just looking at players that I think are going to break out offensively. Obviously, you know, I'd like him to get more than 65 points, but sure. uh, you know um, there's, those are the type of players that I'm targeting. So uh, and I wanted to make sure, you know, if we're doing some of those lower level players, like just talking about guys that are, are going to be draftable or that I think are going to be draftable. So um, that's, you know, uh, as I'm talking about my guys, I'll get into my process for sort of valuing these guys. But I do want to throw it to you, Devin. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen you r- write about some stuff here, uh, like a breakout threshold. Um, I, I, how do you go about identifying breakout players? Um, like what are, what are some of the things you want to see? And just and talk to me a little bit about that breakout threshold that you got there. Yeah, I, I think it's it's actually Dauber Hockey talks about the 200 game threshold. I think that's the number. Um, so, or the fourth year breakout, that's one that I've heard lots about. I know Mike's talked about sort of a for goaltenders a certain number of saves before you know that like that's what you can expect from this goaltender in terms of even strength save percentage and stuff like that. So, yep. um, yeah, I look at you know if it is the fourth year breakout, um, one criteria like that's kind of a tell. And then, and then I start looking at the advanced analytics of it, right? So looking at uh, what we call the ish. Uh, the individual shooting percentage and all like, you know, yep. and, and actually left wing lock has a great regression meter tool that I like to use. And so I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit too, but um, yeah, those are that. things that I look at uh, deployment. Like one thing I find quite often is if you're watching, everyone watches the playoffs, right. And a lot of guys, that's kind of the coming up party. Um, you know, Kale McCarr, right. Like a lot of people knew about Kale McCarr, but then he came and played in the playoffs um, and you kind of knew the breakout was coming at some point. Right. And um Jake Ottinger, look at what Jake Ottinger did in the playoffs against Calgary. And then it was like, okay, now we know this guy's legit going into next year and he's been fantastic. So, um, but yeah, looking at that 200 game breakout, I think is, and I think it's longer for defensemen. It might be closer to 300 games, but just keeping an eye on that kind of stuff, um, seeing the progression of their points year after year after year, um, and then how they're being used and, and who their line mates are. So things like that, I kind of just keep a closer eye on. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned uh, deployment. Um, I do. It's something I speak on a lot here on the show, and I know it's it's common sense, right? Oh yeah, he's getting more ice time. Okay, great. But like, there's more that goes into getting ice time, like like really, you know, fantasy relevant ice time, right? And and I'm a big believer in just like those kind of X factors, like you know, the way the coach views the player, the way his teammates view him, you know, just those kind of little narratives that are that are kind of coming in there. And I find ice time really like that says the coach has complete confidence in what you're doing. Right. Um, and, and you're getting opportunities. Right. And it, even if you have a stretch of games, like, you know, we'll talk about some players here, you know, later on here, but guys that are getting tons of minutes that maybe aren't producing a ton, but they're still getting the minutes. Right. So I feel like it's going to come at some point. Right. And we have to bring in the advanced statistics there to sort of, you know, verify that, but yeah, I love that stuff. I, deployment. I remember when I first started just getting a bit more serious about it, I'm like, I would just draft guys that were getting a ton, ton of minutes. That's where I would go. Like right. any yeah. tiebreaker, I'm like, he's getting way more minutes. I'm going over here. Like I wasn't looking at advanced stats or anything. Like just give me the minutes. Yeah, give me well, that guy. What, that what kind of minutes, minutes, right? Yeah. What like is he? Yeah. If if he's starting in the defensive zone all the time for fantasy purposes, that's not that's not great, right? But I think um, power play time on ice or power percentage of power play shape, like um, that that's a big indicator. If you got a rookie who's getting 65 percent power play share, that's important, right? And oh yeah, he's gonna huge. he's gonna put up some points, like. No, I love that. Yeah. Power play. Huge, buddy. Um, okay, cool. Let's get into it. Well, I'll start with mine. Um, I, th- I was just thinking we can go back and forth here, Devin. Yeah, yeah. That's how that's how we like to do. All right. Um, the first guy I'm going to mention for a potential breakout is Nikolaj Ehlers. All right. Nikolaj. Hmm? Nikolaj. Yeah, I said it. Nikolaj. Nikolaj. Not even close. Nikolaj. Nikolaj. Almost Nikolaj. Nikolaj. I feel like I'm saying it. You know what? It doesn't matter. Nikolai Ehlers of the Winnipeg Jets, buddy burned me this year bad. He's burned me in the past as well. Like, can can you just help me out, my guy? You know who should help me out? Rick Bonus, buddy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got I got a bone to pick with Rick Bonus as well. I'm not really a big fan of uh, of all that business that he, you know, the way he sort of handled that that post uh, series press conference. But brutal, uh, I don't know. brutal. Yeah, I'm a, what you know, like I, I I this is we're gonna derail here for a second. But Rick Bonus, like you know. What, how does he think his players are going to respond to that? Like, has, has anyone ever come to you and been like, I'm disgusted in you? And, and then you go, you turn around, you're like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to change. Like, no He's one coached. has ever said that in the history of the game. All right. No. That's that's an old school mentality that has, I don't, it, it's just, it's dinosaur stuff in, in the game. So anyways. So we, we have something. Guy, our, the, uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Ahead, there. We have something on our podcast that's called The List. Right. So yeah. that's all of our players and, and just stuff that we don't like. Right. Yeah. Well, bonus to go on the list this week because that was just a garbage play from him. Bonus is on the list and he's staying on the list until he becomes a nice person. All right. We, we, we no, come on. Let's, let's just be nice. All right. <laughs> and give Ehlers some minutes for God's sake. All right. Let's, yes. let's, let's talk about this man. Um, so there's a couple stats I look at. And honestly, Nate from Apples and Geno's really kind of helped me with this. And I totally agree. And I found success. So I kind of, I'm following suit. Um, advanced stats that I like to look at shots on goal per 60 individual course, four per 60 individual scoring chances four per 60. And I found a lot of success in that just predictive, predictive success. So, um, and I found a lot of failures as well. So Nikolai Ehlers, let's look. Uh, so in the league at even strength, um, and this is with, uh, I filtered out people with 300 uh, minutes or less. So, um, actually not even even strength five on five, 300 minutes or less. Nikolai Ehlers is 13th overall in the league in shots on goal per 60. 13th 
That's that, fantastic. Yeah, you know, that's pretty. He's first overall in individual Corsi Ford for 60. First. Yep. Nikolai Ehlers. The the you know, the 15 minute man. Buddy, get him on the ice. <laughs> um, and then he's 13th overall in individual scoring chances for 60. So obviously those are elite numbers. Um he, this this year in 45 games, he got 38 points. So um let's look at some of the basic stats on Nikolai Ehlers here. So, you know, he was he was on pace for 69 points. Nice. Nice. You know, but uh, um, to me, the, the issue with Ehlers is his, his ice time was down from 18 minutes last season to 15:40 this season. And that's under Rick Bonus his first year, right? Like Nikolai Ehlers was a casualty of Rick Bonus this season. He fell out of favor there. It looked like pretty quickly. Um, and it was really frustrating because Nikolai Ehlers was still putting up these advanced statistics. So he's doing all the right things. But he's toiling away on power play two at times, and he's he's really not getting on the ice, right? So, a um, couple things there. Yeah, I wasn't too stoked on that. You know, like I said though, his advanced stats stayed the same. His shooting percentage that was an issue as well. That dipped under ten percent for the first time since his rookie season. So, to me, I, that that obviously I think is going to go back up. Um, and he was injured, right? Like yes. like he had he had a big injury there. I, I believe it was late late October to January. And yeah, it kind of, I don't think he ever fully got right. Like he was always, you know, kind of on the injury report and then he would end up playing, you know, stuff like that. So I, I think th- there was something a little off with Nikolai Ehlers this year. But honestly, it, there's some things that need to go right for Ehlers to break out. I do think he's going to break out next season it, as long as he comes into the season healthy, right? And I, I think there's going to be some wholesale changes in Winnipeg just based on you know, Rick Bonehead's uh, press conference, right? He's obviously not happy. They're stripping the C off Blake Wheeler, who was a legend. My name's Blake. Are you out of your goddamn mind? You know, and he's obviously not happy. I watched his comments too. So, uh, you know, that's setting up for a very interesting summer there in Winnipeg. So I, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but what I'm hoping comes of it, like Elis is under contract. He's, he's an elite offensive player. Like, Slide him in there. Let's go, right? So I think you look at his power play production this season, 12 points. What? That, that's freaking terrible. This guy's an elite offensive player. 12 points? No, that, that's not good, right? So I think uh, Elos has 25, 30 power play point potential. Um, you know, he's never gotten more than 64 points on his in his career, right? Uh, that was his second season in the league. I just think he's doing all the right things. But he needs the opportunity, like I said. So he needs some things to go right. He needs those minutes to go up, I think, around 19 minutes, 18, 19 minutes, time on ice, average. And then he needs to be consistent on power play one. And if that happens, I think we're looking at a player, you know, a 75 to 80-point player next season with with a higher ceiling, right? Potentially 90. I know that's a hot take. Ehlers for 90, that makes no sense. But we're doing it, damn it. Book it. You know, but like I said, those things have to happen for, for me to see. Uh, I think Ehlers can really elevate his game, and I think a lot of it's going to be done on the power play. What do you got to say about Nikolaj? Man, you know, he. this is a player that has plagued me, burned me, as you said, many times. Yep. I had him on my roster this year. I actually had too many Jets on my roster. I had Shifley, Ehlers, and I actually traded for Connor Hellebuck. Um, well, and that worked out. And it worked out okay. He, he kind of, there was a, a period there in February, March where it didn't look so good, but the, the last couple of weeks right. he looked okay. So, uh, yeah, you know what? The biggest thing with dealers, like you said, is the power play time. If he can get consistent power play one time, um, I, I like the player and health. He, he is, yep. he's had a really hard time staying healthy, right? So, but at times he looks absolutely brilliant and it is because of his underlying numbers. He can generate chances, right? He like 
shot monster, scoring chances for all that stuff. The guy is fantastic, but I just, I don't know. I like, I like the hot take here. Um, but I, I might just personally fade dealers a little bit next year. You're just because I've been my burned, guy? just because oh, I've yeah. been burned so many times. So you're totally right in everything you've said, but he's burned me way too many times. You know what? I, like that makes total sense. Um, what I what I also like about Eeyore's that I didn't mention though is like because of this point production that he got, like and the injuries, he's his ADP is going to plummet. Like he, he yeah, there, there's yep. there's going to be value here on Eeyore's. So um, if he doesn't get ninety points, fine. But if he gets seventy points and you're yep. getting him, you know something ridiculous, like you know, in after one hundred or or well past that like you're you're laughing all the way to the bank this this guy can do it for you right but obviously like you said he's got to stay healthy um yeah no i like i like Ehlers. i think he was he was getting drafted in the, like the fifth round or sixth round i think this season yeah. i have i have the adp numbers but i just didn't look them up but um yeah i think he, that's gonna go down right and you know what we have to see what he's gonna do with bonus too i think that's the x factor like you know is he going to get in favor? Is he going to start getting minutes? Because like a lot, like this is a big drop, 18 minutes to 15 minutes and 40 seconds. That that's that show ain't no good, you know, third line. Then also, I don't know about you guys, but I got, I felt like more questions on Nikolai Ehlers than any player that, that was out there. Like, should I drop Ehlers? Should I drop him? You're like, I wouldn't <laughs> don't drop him, but you know, like, yeah, it, it was just, it was pissing me off. So, you know, hopefully this season, this, this beautiful man can, can get the biz. I'm, I'm sure he will at, at a certain point though. I mean, every player is droppable, uh, depending Absolutely. on where you're at in the playoffs. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I for me too, I, I'd like to see where this team heads in the summer. Like, like you said, right. Blake Wheeler, what are they doing with Blake Wheeler? Mark Scheife, there's been lots of talk around him getting shipped out at some point. Um, I really truly believe Josh Morrissey is not going to duplicate what he did this year. That yeah. was outrageous. Crazy. Um, like for me, there's more questions than answers. And uh, Hellebuck was actually just quoted as saying he has no interest in a rebuild. So if they're looking at it, he may get shipped out at some point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 there's a, there's a lot of balls in the air, but this guy's under contract. He's to me, he's, you know, one of their top two offensive players, like, Get him out on the ice and let's see what we have here. You know, as long as he's healthy, get him on power play one for God's sake. Well, it may work out really well. If they ship out Shifley and, and Wheeler, uh, there's opportunity on power play one. So Yeah, you know what? If he if he really bombs this year, I'll just go back, I'll edit out the 90 points and I'll put in something more realistic. <laughs> there you go. That's nice. Book it. it. All right. What do you, what do you what do you got? Give me a player, Devin. What do you got here? All right. I'm going Did to Barrett Hayton it? here, actually. So this Love guy it. actually he helped me quite a bit down the stretch uh this year. Since January 1st, 34 points, 17 goals in 47 games played. That is basically a 30-goal, 60-point season over 82 games. So, uh, And he is approaching that that breakout threshold. He's at 176 games played in his career. Things didn't look so good for him for a while, but uh, right now he's getting top-line minutes with Schmaltz and with Keller. And Keller, I think, was actually, um, was he first or second in even-strength points production um, in the second half of the season? Behind, he was up there. Did. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, outstanding so uh great line mates he's getting 65 percent power play share so he's locked on the first unit um i i like him i think uh there's a lot of potential there for next season and two uh the coyotes unsurprisingly have some pretty good odds to land a guy named Connor bedard so um you know if, if that were to occur and we're and we'll be talking about it probably next week right i think it's may 8th is the draft lottery so uh yeah barrett hayden surprised really helped me out down the stretch not a big multi-category producer, unfortunately. He throws about one hit per game. 
looking at some of his advanced numbers here, like his shooting percentage at 10.7% was actually below his career average. So some room for growth there. 2.2 shots yep. on goal per game. Uh, that's the best of his career. And that's one thing we talk with Mike on the, sh- on the show about this a lot is you don't shoot, you can't score, right? So it just goes back to your points yep. about uh, Nikolai Ehlers and you have to be generating chances. Um, and then, of course, the uh, team's even strength shooting percentage was a little bit higher for Barrett Hayton. So just things you look at in terms of are they going to regress or, or is their performance been boosted by luck? Um, which then goes back to my point about uh, left-wing locks regression meter. So looking at that, there's four or five different stats there, parameters. Um, it basically has suggested that he hasn't been boosted by luck for Barrett Hayton. So um, again, and that's the guy who was undrafted this year. So yeah, this is a waiver wire guy, like killing yeah. it second half of the season. So another guy you could probably get later in your drafts. Um, I would expect that another 60-point season is not unreasonable. I know I love that. I love the pick and and I'm I'm low key like big on the on the Arizona Coyotes. Like obviously that top line, right? They yeah. they you know, they they were just incendiary. Like I love Schmaltz. I had well, first off, like I, I felt like Arizona had an amazing schedule like every second week, you know, in, in week to week, like or head to head play, right? It's like it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just get more coyotes, right? Like I got my buddy, uh, you know, uh Yusuf Alamaki, love that guy, Mackie yep. Gang. And, uh, you know, I had him, I had Schmaltz, and I had, you know, McBain. McBain, let's get silly. I forgot about McBain. Love, sure. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, H- Hayton was just a beauty. And I think he did a lot of damage sort of in the, the second half of the season there. Right. He so did. I think I, I totally agree with you. I think this is a player who's going to boost his, definitely boost his points. Right. I don't know where it's going to go, but 60 doesn't seem unreasonable to me, especially if you look at his power play numbers, like 10 points on the power play. You know that's that's nice, but you know, can he 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 averaged uh, two minutes and nineteen seconds on the power play? Can we get that up to three minutes? Can we get that up to three thirty? Right now, maybe we're looking at twenty points on the power play, right? So ten points right on the top, right there. Nothing changes. So um, yeah. I like the player a lot, and uh, yeah, I think um, I love that he played eighty-two games too. When a young guy like this just gets in all eighty-two games, right? It's just it's just learning. It's just that's he's right. he's getting the experience, right? This is. It, I mean, it, it sucks. It sucks a little bit with the Arizona Coyotes because they're not expected to win. They're playing in Dingus Arena or whatever for like, <laughs> you know, six thousand people. Mullet yep. Arena, like Mullet even Arena. a crappy name, right? But, oh, man. Um, you know, he's just out there just working on his craft, right? And and like I thought that Coyotes were having fun, especially at the end of the season, playing spoiler and and just playing loose and playing offensive. And um, I, I like this player a lot. I think it's a great pick, for sure. Yep. All right. Okay. Let me get to let me get to my next guy here. <clears throat> the next player that I'm looking at is uh, Matt Boldy of the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. So uh, uh, same thing. I'll give you sort of his uh, his kind of advanced stats that I look at. So shots on goal per sixty. He was sixty fourth overall in the league. So that's nice. Yeah. Thirty um, seventh overall in individual Corsi four per sixty, and then seventy fourth in individual scoring chances four per sixty. So. You know he's he's middling he's he's above average in in all of those which which I like to see especially for a, you know a second year player um, he did end with sixty three points in eighty one games and uh, also you know when Kaprasov went down this guy went off 
Like he, he took control of the team and, and put together some really nice performances. And, I, and, and then also um, I like to look sort of at their, their playoff performance, like just kind of back to your point there, like guys sort of emerged in the playoffs and obviously Minnesota didn't make it. And, you know, they only played six games or whatever, but this guy was getting Buku minutes in the playoffs, right? He was getting, yep. he was getting prioritized. He was getting power play one, which, which he had most of the year anyway. So, um, but yeah, let's get into it. I want to talk about this player. All right. So the advanced stats I mentioned, uh, they show well, as I said, um, they're a slight improvement over his first season. So, um, and I did have his exact number here in the playoffs. Um, he had 11.81 shots on goal per 60 at even strength in the playoffs. So a number that I like to look at is 10 shots on goal per 60 and above. And that sort of indicates to me an elite, like the, the, those are the numbers of like an elite shot generator, right? Yep. Like, yep. you know, type of players like, you know, Pastor Mac, Tage Thompson, Jason Robertson, these guys are all, you know, over 10 shots on goal per 60 uh, for their rate stats at even strength, right? So it's elite level shot production there in the playoffs. He was close to 10, you know, in the regular season. I think he was 9.6 or something like that. So um, this year, a big difference in his production uh, was his power play numbers, right? Last season, he had uh, 10 points on the power play. This season, 26 points. So that's great. He spent most of the season on the power play with the big boys. He became one of the big boys, so that's nice. Sure did. Well, look at yeah. his, his his deployment here. He like two twenty one power play time on ice last year to three almost four minutes uh, this year. Like that's a big jump. And so he did what he, you know, his absolute best with the time he was given. Twenty six power play points is fantastic. Yeah, it's huge. And also, like like I said, like just the fact that he had those moments in the season where he was looking like, whoa, like this guy's like just the eye test you're like wow this this kid's really good right and he's only 22 and this was his second year in the league right so and Kaprasov, the best player on the team was injured for for a large portion right um and and matt boldy didn't have a lot of access to Kaprasov except on the power play right he was playing um i think his main line mates for the year were um joel erickson eck and marcus johansson at times um ryan hartman and freddie goudreau played together with him so you know he wasn't getting deployment on the big line Right, well, with, you, uh, you can see whether it's him deferring to players less because he's more confident, or just the the players he's playing with. But his his shot volume did go up considerably from year one yeah. to year two. Yeah, absolutely. And I love your point. It's it's a simple stat: shots. And it sounds like that's the type of stuff my mom says when she watches hockey with me. We're watching a game. She's like, "They need to shoot the puck more." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know, mom, they do. but they like." Sure do. <laughs> They do, but it's not that easy. You know, you got to get yeah. in. Like, if you just dink a little shot on net, that's not really the best play. You're, but, you're giving you know, up possession. It's not helpful. Yeah. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. Just go in and just shoot and then leave. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I hate playing hockey like that. When I'm when I'm out on the ice and I'm, you know, ripped down and make a beauty pass and Buddy just shoots the puck and then we then we go back. It's like, can we just get in the, the zone and play a little bit? Like, do you mind? Can, can yeah. we do that? <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, I don't know. I, I like to set it up in there, but that's just me. Um, and Matt Boldy, too, apparently. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's a segue. Speaking of segues, I'm going to get back into Matt Boldy here. Um, the other reason I like um, Matt Boldy for a little breakout here is I just don't – I'm not confident in Matty Zooks, the zucchini man. Um, I, I am confident that he will continue his power play dominance. Like, the, the guy's amazing. I called for Zuccarello uh, to be a bust this year, and he didn't uh, He didn't do that for me. He actually just continued on doing what he did. Um, so I, I – and that, most of that was done on the power play. So I, I can't in good conscience be like, Matty Zooks isn't going to do it on the power play again this year. I don't care. I think he will do it on the power play this year, but I think – 
I'm hoping that some of that even strength deployment starts going Boldy's way and they start ramping Zuccarello down. Like he's getting older. He's like 36 or whatever age he is. So I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, they've signed Boldy to a big contract as well. Like let's get him out there. Let's see what the kid can do with some, with some big boy minutes, right? Line one minutes, get him 19 minutes, 20 minutes. And he was doing it in the playoffs. So that all those things together, I just think that, you know, we could really see uh, a blast off with Boldy, especially if he gets some even strength um, access to Kaprasov. So my um, take there, like last season, his ADP on Yahoo was 111. Yes. I think, I, I don't know that it's going to go that much further. I mean, he might, he'll get under uh, uh, inside 100, I think, but maybe like 85, 90. Like, I still think that could be good value for Boldy, yep. especially if he, like, I think he's going to be a point, point of game per player this season. If those things happen, I, I I honestly do. I think 75, 80 points is completely reasonable for Boldy with the ceiling of, of more than that. Right. So that's my take on Boldy. I don't know. What do you think? hundred percent agree. I'm just looking at his shooting percentage here. It actually went down this year, uh, but he is shooting more. Right. So I, I think there's lots of things working in his favor. He's getting all of the deployment the, the, that you would want that you're looking at from a fantasy asset. Um, 63 points in his second year. I mean, yeah, He's, love that. It's, it's arrows up for this guy. So I think, uh, yeah, 75, 80 points is, is not a stretch, I don't think. With more. Come on, Boldy, let's go. Yeah, um, uh, I love that. Okay, what do you got? Who's your breakout? Who's breaking oh, out? Oh, who do we got next year? Uh, Owen Tippett. So this guy was kind of left for dead and almost felt like a throw-in um, a couple <laughs> a couple seasons ago. But um, 49 points and 27 goals in 77 games played. So he's approaching his fourth season and break. Uh, breakout threshold at 192 games played uh, since January 1st. Lots of power play time. He's a lock on that first unit. Top line minutes with Frost and Farabee or JVR uh, for bangers leagues. He's at over one and a half hits per game, which is great. Um, his his ish at 11.7 is above his career average of 9.8, but I mean, it's going to happen sometimes. Shot volume looks great at 3.0 shots on goal per game. Um, and there is a little bit of concern. Like some of his performance was boosted by luck based on that regression meter. But uh, overall, this is a guy that I think, and dual eligibility too for the, for the Philadelphia Flyers. So I like him. And again, if uh, Philadelphia manages to, to weasel Bedard uh, out of the, out of the draft lottery, uh, who knows? Right. I mean, but just individually, Owen Tippett, like him a lot. Again, ADP undrafted this season. Um, he's going to get some attention. There was times, again, we talk about shot volume. He had eight or nine or even 10 shots on goal uh, down the stretch at certain times last year. So you, you love that shot volume. Yeah, I, I'm one typical guy here this, this last few months. Yeah, down the stretch is really where Owen Tippett like made you know made his medal there. Be like, I, I love this player. I've you know I've talked about this player a bit on the podcast and on other podcasts too. Like this is this is the type of player that you know good fantasy managers are going to be drafting, right? <laughs> like be, I think, yeah. yeah, this guy should be on your radar. There's no question. Um, you know, uh, like this deployment that that's the insane piece. Like some of these numbers, just looking at his last few games here, like 24 minutes, 20 minutes, 22 minutes, you know, 21 minutes. It's crazy. Right. So, um, I think he's a lock for that top line and top power play in Philly. Right. And I, I do think like, obviously Philly's not going to get, well, maybe they could get worse, but I think, (laughs) you know, Tortorella, right. Get your buns off the bench. I heard that Tortorella is kind of going to go up and do some more, more consultant type of work with the, like with the Philly GM. Is that sort of your, your take on that too? I hadn't heard that, but that's maybe for the best. I mean, I I know that from what I've heard, 
most players respect and actually like Torts in the dressing room because I think he'll go to battle for guys and he sticks up for guys. Um, but I, I've also heard that he's a very difficult coach to play for, right? So yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, and, and this the new age player just doesn't respond well to some of those old school tactics, right? So I don't know. Uh, maybe it's time for a change there. Yeah, totally agree. I, I would like to see Torts out of there, but if he doesn't, this is one of Torts' guys. Right. Yeah, like oh, yeah. he's getting over 20 minutes every night. So um, I love that. And and he he just like you said, the fourth year breakout, he's he's approaching that threshold. And like I'm just looking up his numbers here. Like he's you know, his shots on goal per 60 for the season were 9.46. So he's right there at that that 10 shots on goal per 60 mark. And most of this was done in the second half. So if he played the whole season that way, we're probably looking at 60 points for Owen Tippett, you know, this last season instead of 49. Right. I'd, I'd say so, I, yeah. Yeah, easy. So I, I like the player a lot. I think, you know, I, I think you're going to be able to get Tippett at value too. I don't see who's who's out there like, I'm going to take Tippett with my, you know, 74th overall pick. Like, no, no one's no, doing no that. No, no question. Right? No, it, it, so, he'll probably go somewhere in the last five or six rounds would be my guess. Someone will take a yeah, flyer yeah. on him maybe a little bit early. Um, his power play production, I mean, leaves you wanting, but he went from three in 2021, 2022 to 12 this past season. Um, if that power play actually ever does improve in Philadelphia, you know, look out because he's getting all the power play minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just don't see how he's not going to get more. Like, I think his his numbers here are skewed, like first half, second half. Sure. Right? Yeah. Because he wasn't really prioritized in that first little bit. And then the second half, it was like, this guy's lights out. So his numbers, if he played the second half, the whole the whole season, like we're probably looking at a lot different player. Plus, he brings the perips. He bangs. 125 hits for this man. 69 yeah, blocks. Nice. Like, I like that, you know? So... Um, yeah, great player. Great pick. I'm on board. This is a guy I'm going to be targeting for sure. I might even reach for this player. Um, cause I think he's gonna, I, I th- this is a guy I want on my team for sure next season. So great pick. I love it. Let's move on. All right. What else we got here? Um, okay. Next player I want to talk about is someone I'm, I'm not as confident about, but I, but I, I did, I was, uh, on board with the take that this guy was going to have a breakout season this past season. And he didn't, his name is Seth Jarvis. He plays for the Carolina hurricanes. Buddy, what did you do? You 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 mailed in the season. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's not exactly true, but let's let's look at some of the numbers here. So 114th in shots on goal per 60. Mm, okay. 148th in individual Corsi 4 per 60. That that's that's not awesome. And then hundredth overall in individual scoring chances four per 60. So not really the numbers we wanted to see from Seth Jarvis. Um, he did have 39 points in 82 games, played all 82. So I like that, but you know, <laughs> I, we, I think we were expecting a lot more from Seth Jarvis. So um, he had 40 points in 68 games last season, 39 and 82 this season. So that's a regression there. That's not awesome, right? Um, I think we were all stoked on Seth Jarvis because of what he did in the playoffs last season, right? Yep. You know, eight points in 14 games, um, you know, with only 15 minutes of ice time, right? So he's doing it again this playoffs. Like he looked good, you know, like yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's just under 19 minutes uh, average time on ice. So that's excellent. And he's got four points in six in six Carolina games there. Um, and they got him on power play one. OK, that is the key. Like that's one thing that Seth Jarvis didn't have this season that really affected him. Right. I, I think everyone called for Jarvis to have a breakout, or at least I did and I, on some other analysts that I know. And then Natchez was the one who had the breakout. Yeah, he's like, oh man, we, we got the wrong guy, right? <laughs> but um, you know, it, this all boils down to Jarvis spending most of the time on power play too. He only got five power play points with how about zero goals, zero power play goals season. 
buddy, no. Um, that, that show ain't no good, all right? Uh, his shooting percentage was down by half, half. So, so that, that right there, I, I do not expect that he's going to shoot at like, what, what was his shooting percentage I had here? Like seven, 7.5% or something that that's it, ludicrous. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to come back up. I think over 10 at least. Right. So you're, you're getting some, getting some value there. It's just, you know, and it's typical Carolina stuff too. It's, it's hard to call breakout players on Carolina, just the way Rod Brindamore deploys his players. Yes. Do you ever find that? Oh, agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it's just like, he just puts them in a blender and you're like, can you please just put this guy on the power play and leave him there? Like I, I've been Svechnikov for years. Yeah, I was going like, to just say I'm Svechnikov. Yeah. Put him on there. Like what he, are we he's doing? Doing everything. Yeah. He's doing everything. He's, you know, I don't know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so Rod a lot of butt, things happening. Yeah. Rod the, but yeah, he's yeah. Well, that's, he, he does what he wants and they had an amazing season, at least analytically Carolina did like, you know, most Corsi, uh, Corsi for least Corsi against like, that's a nice season, you know, yeah. Okay, well, all right, you do whatever you want, but you you're not helping us out things. in our fantasy teams, buddy. All right, <laughs> he doesn't give a crap about our fantasy teams, and that's hurtful. I wish they did. Yeah, I know that that should be a factor. It just in the the strategies and the deployment. You know, maybe we can get a guy on the inside. Right. Yeah, well, let's well <laughs> let's work on that. You know, we got a good community here, fantasy hockey analysts. I think we got some juice. All right, we we can we can figure something out. Anyways, I'm digressing again as I do. Um, yeah, a couple things there with Jarvis. Um, as I said, the the, the Carolina thing, uh, his line mates were Tara Vinen uh, and Aho for the season, pretty much. And Tara Vinen, what the hell, buddy? He, like, just just fell off a cliff. I want Iguodala. You know, so that that was that was pretty rough, actually. Tara Vinen was a guy targeted uh, late in drafts, uh, pretty much on every team because of his power play production and the and where he was being drafted. And then he just lost twenty points on his power play production uh, for the season. So thank you for your service. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that wasn't awesome. So yeah, um, I just think get Jarvis on power play one the way he is in the playoffs here and we're looking a lot better. Um, I think in terms of what can happen if he does get top power play and kind of let's let's take these playoffs as an example of what he's going to do, um, you know, which he's getting 18 minutes, right? Let's say he gets 18 minutes next season. I think we're looking at a, a and power play one. I think we're looking at a 60 to 70 point player next season. And then to me, that's a significant breakout from, you know, 39 points that he got this season. So, and he's, you know, his ADP is, he might not even get drafted in, in some leagues based on the season that he just had here. So anyways, that's my take on Jarvis. I think, you know, we called it a breakout. Maybe, maybe we were just a year off on that breakout. He's coming. Seth Jarvis is coming. Let's get to biz. I like it. Cool, man. What do you got for me? Alrighty, uh, next up here, I got Alexander Barabanov, um, left wing, right wing, eligible out of San Jose. This guy is approaching his fourth year at 160 games played. He had 47 points and 15 goals in his third season. He's a lock on power play one uh, with Eric Carlson for now and uh, Thomas Hurdle. I mean, who knows what happens to Carlson, but um, 82 game pace, he was approaching 60 points and 20 goals. So maybe a guy, like, I don't think he has a lot of peripheral category coverage, but um, in a points league, in a deeper points league, this guy does make some sense based on his deployment. Uh, his, his shooting percentage is up this year at 12.5%. The shot volume is a bit of an issue at 1.8. Again, we've talked about that lots, but it's, it's important. Um, and his performance has been partially boosted by luck with a secondary assist per 60 rate that is due for some positive regression here. So, um, yeah, I just, I mean, someone's got to score. It's that old adage, and, I, and some people don't believe that. You know, a terrible team's a terrible team, but I think somebody has to put up points. Um, 
this guy's going to get some some ideal deployment for next season. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I I don't subscribe to that at all. Like I think there's value to be had. Like look at Arizona, prime example, right? I even think like Anaheim. You know, guys like Troy Terry, obviously Zegras, they didn't really perform to the level that we wanted to see, but there's there's value on those teams, and and a lot of people just stay away from them. You know, actually, I have a team like that. It's the New York Islanders. I'm like, nah, I don't want anybody <laughs> yes, on the Islanders. And never. then, and then, of course, Brock Nelson pops off. I called Brock Nelson the grumpiest man on earth. If you ever look at his, uh, you know, any profile <laughs> picture that he has on a hockey card, he's just making that face that you make, like if you get out of an elevator and there's another person right there. And you know, first, you know, in Canada, we see that person, we go, oh, and then we say sorry, and then you make this face. Yeah. Right. You just make that like flat lipped face. Yeah. Like, and, and with the, with the curling down, you know, that's Brock Nelson. Yeah. Just buddy cheer up. Okay. It's, you know, you're in the NHL. You got a pretty good life. I I don't know who knows what his story is. Anyways, I'm not that bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's an interesting player. Is this a guy, uh, Devin, you would take like in a draft? Uh, where, and where would you take him? Like kind of last pick flyer or last couple I, rounds or what do you think? Yeah. I mean, again, undrafted player this past, this past year. So I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I think he, he played at a 57 point pace this year. Um, probably he's a late round flyer for me. You got, you got to take some swings late in the draft, right? So that's, that's what Bear Bonoff is to me. You may even, depending on how deep your league is, it's maybe a guy that you just take uh, off the waiver wire, keep a close eye on him. Um, but I think there's some potential there. I mean, he's in his third season coming to his fourth year. Uh, and he's improved each year in terms of goal scoring. Shot volumes continue to go up, uh, and his percentage of power play has gone, continued to go up as well. So it, it appears, and over 18 minutes too. So it's it's arrows up for this guy, and I think uh, he's going to see some nice deployment next year, and, and this is a guy that could quietly break out. Yeah, I like that. Um, especially like in 14-team leagues, this guy should be on a roster. There's no question. Um, and then like the, the caveat being like, uh, yeah, we need to see Carlson there. Um, like he's Carlson got a hundred points on a crap team, you know? So it's yeah. like that this, like, I, I agree. I think that this guy has so much room to kind of keep going. I do want to see some more shots though, for sure. But yeah. yeah, that power play with Carlson on there, like just give it to Carlson, you know, what, like, <laughs> you know, help, help our fantasy teams out, buddy. But yeah, he's an interesting player. He's not a guy I'm super familiar with. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on this guy moving forward next season. Yeah, I noticed too, He in the month of March, uh, he put up 10 points, four goals over his last 12 games. So again, small sample size, yeah. but I mean, he's just, he's starting to get into it. Um, and whenever Eric Carlson's on that power play, I mean, that's, yeah. there's no harm in having a share of that. Yeah, I know. I love that. Um, no, that makes total sense to me. Um, yeah. And then with Meyer out of there as well, right? Like you're, you're that there's a big vacuum, right? He's gone. So, yep. you know, players have to step up and take those minutes, right? And this looks like, a, you know, a prime candidate, and, and he was doing it when when that happened. So what the heck's going on with William Eklund? Is he going to get some minutes next year? Like, that that's a guy I was like, yeah, this I'm excited. And just, you know, they, they, they didn't, uh, you know, can you I get him in there? Or... Um, I remember, was it last year? The year before, maybe. But he, he was actually doing quite well, and they sent him down. And I couldn't remember why, but... Yeah, I think that's a guy for sure to keep an eye on. Uh, there's lots of hype around that guy. Yep. Yeah. Now, I uh, San Jose could be could be sneaky next year. I mean, you know, that's that's a bit of a hot take, but you know, uh, like they got some they got some bits and pieces, right? You're gonna you're gonna check them out. Barabona being being a major one, I think that you got to kind of keep your eye on. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's uh, let's get down to another one here. I'll give you my last one, and then I want to hear your uh, your last ones here. Um, the guy I'll talk about. I've talked about him before, but you know, I'm looking. 
I'm looking at it. I'm like, who's a D-man who's going to break out? And I can't get past this guy. I, I can't not talk about the professor. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Why, you worthless hunk of junk? Mike Matheson. All right. Um, yeah, this this just it, it seems like it makes total sense to me. Like like um, so among D-man last season, 21st overall in shots and goal per 60. So that's awesome. 30th overall in individual Corsi for 45th overall in individual scoring chances for, um, you know, he missed a large portion of the first half of the season. Ended up with 34 points in 48 games. Um, so his advanced stats over the year, one, um, like they've been very consistent. Right. His his Matheson's main issue throughout his career is deployment. Right. He's always been like second pairing, third pairing. You know, maybe he maybe he sneaks on a power play too, like, you know, or at the end of the power play with power play two. Like he he's he was not the the guy, right? But in Montreal, especially last season with their injuries and um everything else that was going on there, he was the guy and he was the guy by a country mile. Like this, they were riding this guy like a horse. You know, he was playing like 30 minutes a game at, at times, you know. So and, and, and I mentioned this before, I've mentioned this in podcasts, but like when a coach is talking about a guy like this guy's unbelievable, like Martin St. Louis said something like that, like this guy's yeah. unbelievable. His skating is incredible. I didn't realize how good he is. Um, like you, you, you take notice of that. Right. And I just can't look past uh, Mike Matheson. I think he's the power play one is his to lose in Montreal, in my opinion, like no one's coming for that. Um so he's going to get big minutes there. He's going to get, uh, you know, all the penalty killing minutes. He's going to be, you know, he, he, his ice time, like, listen to this. This is crazy. Um, last season, 18 minutes, 48 seconds. This season, 24 minutes and 27 seconds. That that's like, it, yeah. <laughs> okay. A massive jump. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's pretty big, you know? So um, again, they've got confidence in this guy. The organization has confidence in him. He's 29, you know, like he's in the wheelhouse of, of being a really good defenseman. And now he's got the keys to the power plate this season. He averaged three minutes and 11 seconds on the power plate last season, 43 seconds, right. In 74 games. So that's it right there. That's, that's the moneymaker. He's going to be power play one and you're You can get this guy for a song. Like, you know, no one's out there. Like I got to get Mike Matheson except for me. <laughs> And Devin, all right, we're getting Mike Matheson, to, you know, um, but but yeah, he's there. So he's just a player I, I really like. I'm definitely targeting Mike Matheson. He brings the perifs as well. Um, you know, he's going to probably get over 100 hits, over 100 blocks. That's what I like to see in a category league defenseman. And he's, he's going to get you that. And I think power play points, he could probably get 20 power play points. Right. And Cole Caulfield's back. He'll he'll be back and healthy. Like, yeah, Montreal's going to be better next season. Clearly, they they're, they were just destroyed with injuries. I'm not saying they're going to be good, but Mike Matheson is going to be good. My two cents. And I think you can get them, you know, for a song later on in your draft. I, I love this pick. Uh, Mike, I, I talked about him several times actually throughout the season on our podcast as well. He's been absolutely fantastic. How many, how many power play one quarterback defenseman can you just pluck off the wire um, th- yeah. in season, right? Like his shot volume, career high shot volume at 2.6 per game. Um, like you said, the, the power play deployment, just the, the overall time on ice, like to go to almost 25 minutes, time on ice is insane. Yeah, it's but, crazy. Yeah, no, he, he's been great on pace for almost 60 points last year in 48 games. So I love this pick. Um, I actually contemplated it myself before I saw you had it on there. Yeah. So I just, I left it. But yeah, great pick. Yeah, awesome, man. Let's go. The professor, he's getting the biz. All right, give me give me your picks here, man. Yeah, and get, yeah feel free to give me more than one here. Oh, no, you, this is your last, and then we'll talk about some honorable mentions. 
Yep, for sure. Uh, and this one, I mean, it's no secret, it, and maybe the breakout's already occurred, but I've got Evan Bouchard here. Um, that's that's my homer take, and I'm, I'm proud of it. It's fine. Uh, 184 yes. games in his career, in his fourth year, 40 points and eight goals. I mean, really, what's going on with Evan Bouchard? They've held this guy down with Tyson Berry on the roster. He's had very, very little power play time. And finally, once Berry left, it's like they gave him the keys to the city, and he has been absolutely unreal. 29 points and seven goals uh, since the deadline. That's good enough for a 91.22 goal pace over 82 games. So the guy's just been lights out. Out of um, control. Yeah, no, it's – and it's funny because a lot of people said, well, if we're going to trade Tyson Berry at the deadline, like who's going to run the power play? Well, how about the first-round blue-chip prospect or your D-man you've got there and Evan Bouchard? Like the guy's meant to run the power play. That's what you drafted him for. Um, he's so good at getting the puck through. Like he, he, like, he can also be a shin pad assassin at times, but – in general, he's he's pretty confident with the puck now. And I've seen some plays that I'm thinking that one, he looked off Connor McDavid. He kinda he uh, oh, yeah, like, yeah. He, intentionally, you know which play I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And and Connor told him, they actually went back and talked about it. Like Connor said, kinda look me off a little bit and then and if you get the shot, take it. And just ripped it top corner. Like he's got a great shot. Um and now that he's finally gonna get power play one for an entire season, I'm really curious to see what he does. Um and actually, this year, 5.1 uh, individual shooting percentage is the lowest of his career to date. So, And his shot volume's down, oddly enough. So I think going into next year, we'll see his shot volume improve a little bit, like we've seen in the playoffs. I didn't, I didn't look at his playoff numbers here in terms of shots, but I think next year we'll see him shooting the puck a little bit more. Um, his individual shooting percentage is going to come up a little bit. I would not be surprised to see you know 10 to 15 goals for this guy easily and... I mean, 60, 65 points, I, I think, is is very achievable. So um, where he's going to go in drafts, it's hard to say. He went 108.4 this year. Uh, he's going to be inside the top 100, no question. Um, but he has potential to be a top 10 fantasy asset next year for defensemen. I opinion. love it. Yeah, no, this is he's going to break out. There's no question to me. So and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about breakouts. Like, he's going to crush 40 points next season, I think. I think that's pretty standard. Like, Though, especially the way he's playing in the playoffs and the way they're riding him, like he's getting big minutes, you know, and he's 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 uh con- he's converting, right? He's getting goals, he's getting assists. So yeah, this is a this is a great player. Uh, and then again, you look at his numbers. This is skewed by everything that happened before Tyson Berry was traded. Yeah. Right? He he was out there for 14 minutes a night sometimes. You know what I mean? Like just get nothing. Like this this is a guy who was pissing people, fantasy managers off big time because <laughs> they got drafted at 108 because everyone's like, he's gonna get the power play right over Barry, and then he never did. Um, but once Barry was gone, runway's clear, this guy's good to go, and he's taking the ball and running with it. I love this player. I, I do think his value shot though. Like in terms, I don't think you're gonna be able to get Evan Bouchard like at any value. I think people will be taking him like silly high. You know, especially if he continues on doing what he's doing here in the playoffs. Like, like we could have like a most most cider situation. Is he going top fifty? I, I would see like most cider was top fifty. You know, so like this guy, this guy's on the best power play like I've ever seen in my life. So you know, I I I, I could see I could see top fifty, top sixty Evan Bouchard next season, and I could see that kind of blowing his value out. But yeah. I don't know his like if he's he's heading that power play that's ridiculous like they had three 100 point guys uh, RNH had like over 50 power play points last season 50 like that that's insane so you know this guy's getting there. getting access to that and he's not just getting access like yeah I, I love this player I think 60s a lock uh, I think if, if he stays healthy right 
um, and with with room for more. Like, look what defensemen are doing now. Look at more. Like, they're getting 70 points like it's nothing. Miro Heiskin at 70 points. Ah, forget about it. Like, Josh Morrissey. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Like, Josh Morrissey got 70. Evan Bouchard could get 90. All right? I don't even care. Right? But that that's – he's not getting 90. But, you know, I love the pick. He's a great pick. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay. So let's, uh, those, those are the guys we wanted to really target. I do want to just talk about some honorable mentions here and we'll wrap things up. Just a couple of players I'm keeping my eye on. I'm not sure that I'm going to draft them, but like, you know, uh, we, we got the whole summer to sort of see what happens. These are players that based to me, my picks are based on kind of their, their advanced stats, uh, sort of how they present with the advanced stats and potential opportunity moving forward. So anyways, I'll start with mine and then I want to hear yours, Devin. First guy I like is Michael Isomont uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, he he was bounced around on three teams this season. He played with Winnipeg, uh, San Jose, and then landed in Tampa Bay. And he landed on the third line there with Ross Colton and Nick Paul, which is, which is a nice little spot, actually. Um, you know, those guys have, have put up some good advanced numbers in their own right. They played amazing, uh, you know, in the playoffs the last couple seasons. So it, it's a nice place to be for him. But, uh, you know, his season wasn't very good. So 15 points in 54 games. <laughs> and that show ain't no good. All right. Yeah. Um, but 10th overall in the league in shots on goal per 60. Michael Isomont, 10th overall. All right. So, you know, I think he beat Connor McDavid. All right. More shots on goal per 60 than Connor McDavid. He's putting that on his hockey card. Michael Isomont, book it. All right. Um, <laughs> Love it. So. Yeah, but uh, and he did. He's done this all with no power play, so he doesn't get on the power play. So I think if Michael Eisman gets any power play time, like give me power play too, um, you know, and some consistency, like keep him on Tampa Bay, right? Let, let's see what he does with the full season in Tampa Bay, which is a well-coached team, is a well-run team with amazing players and access to a bunch of amazing players and defensemen. So um, I, I want to see those two things. I think because of his advanced stats, the way they show out, I think this guy like 15 points, no. I think this is like a 40-point, 50-point guy, potentially. Like a, like a really good third liner. And then if there's injuries, this is a guy that can step in. I, I think this is a guy that, you know, like look what Brandon Hagel did this year on Tampa. You know, he, and his advanced stats were crap. You know, which advanced stats are, are what they are, right? They just help us value. They don't mean the world, right? But, you know, sure. get this guy out there. Get this guy out there with, with some of these beauties in the top six. My boy, Braden Points. And, yeah, we're, it's blast-off time. But – Anyways, that's that's a guy I'm targeting. Another guy I like Daniel Sprong. Uh, <laughs> cool name, by the way, Daniel Sprong. It's a solid. Um, name. Yeah, um, he had 46 points in 66 games. I was surprised to see that. Uh, I didn't think he had 46 points. So yeah, I mean that that's a nice little season for a guy that's that was really not getting a ton of deployment. Like his his time on ice this season was. Um, sorry, I have it here. Yeah, like 11 minutes, 25 seconds average time on ice. Daniel Sprong, thanks for coming out, buddy. Yeah, he's 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 warming the bench, all right? But um, he's also doing some other stuff. So um, 17th in shots on goal per 60 in the league, 10th in the league in individual Corsi 4 per 60. We got to look at these things, right? Th- those are those are elite numbers for a guy that's only getting 46 points, right? Um, he, he, he's played with those two beauties, Brandon Tanev and Morgan Geeky, another all name team, uh, guy, Morgan <laughs> Geeky, right. And he got some power play two time, uh, and occasional power play one. He just really needs that power play time, uh, to be consistent, right. To really pop. I think 46 points is nice. I think if he gets some power play time, uh, or more power play time, we're looking at a 60 point player. I don't know. Actually with those two picks, what do you think about Isomont and Sprong? Any thoughts on those two guys? 
Yeah, Isomont's one that's kind of popped up just being in Tampa. He's, uh, I mean, looking at the advanced analytics, yeah, there's some value there. Just, again, it's it's value deeper leagues, a guy that, like you said, you get out for a song at some point in the season. Um, yeah, waiver like wire. That one. Yeah. Daniel Sprong, I mean, just looking at some of these guys, Seattle's just been a, a, a kind of a pleasant surprise this year in terms of their yeah. overall scoring, like just not where I expected to find fantasy value. So, yeah, Daniel Sprong, I mean, he's had some success in Pittsburgh too, did he not? Um, yeah, so look at these numbers here. I that's a guy I'll keep on my waiver wire watch list uh, next season yeah. for sure. Yeah, love that. Um, and I'll just rip two more real quick. Uh, not a, not a real deep dive here. Arthur Kaliev is a guy I'm always looking at just because of his advanced stats. You know, uh, just off the top, 17th in the league overall in individual scoring chances four per sixty. He's getting a ton, but no deployment. They 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 benched this guy in the playoffs. So. You know, he was he was a healthy scratch for for the last four games of their series there. So that doesn't really bode well for old Arthur, um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, you've got injuries in there. You, you got a couple of guys made of glass like Victor Arvidsson, uh, who's also a really good player. But I don't know uh, if Kaliev gets any opportunity. Uh, I think we're looking at 20 goals like, you know, minimum like he, he's he could be one of these guys like 25 goals like. 12 assists or something like that. You know I mean? That's, yep. that's the kind of, that's where I think Arthur Kaliev sort of lands. So he's just a guy I'm always interested in, in LA, especially when they have good streaming week. And then lastly, uh, Brady Shea on Carolina, strictly like an even strength defenseman on Carolina. And he does it well. He does it really well. This guy got 38 points in 80 games, 18 goals for defenseman. Love that. Like, you know, if he gets any power play time, right. Any power play time. Like that now we're looking at like a 50 point defenseman, right? A 50, 55 point defenseman on a good team, good plus minus, good perifs. So yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on those two guys, Kaliev and, and Shea? Anytime you can get a defenseman that's gonna score you 15 to 20 goals, you run to that, right? I mean, that's I don't care if that's your fourth or your sixth defenseman, but you give him a look. I mean, I, I streamed Brady Shea at certain times throughout the year. So yeah, I like that one. Um, Arthur Kaliev, I don't know a ton about the player other than he has an elite level shot. That's, that's kind of what I know just from watching some Kings games and stuff. Um, but again, very, uh, minimal power play and and just overall deployment is not great, right? He's kind of just a a, stinks. Yeah, not great. But I mean, if you ever get some, some time on ice, I mean, I got to keep an eye on, um, speaking of the LA Kings though, I want to talk about Gabe Velarde. Yeah. Yeah. So Gabe Velarde, uh, People are, are tuning into this guy now, wising up to him. Uh, 152 games on his career so far. So, I mean, he's he's right in that wheelhouse now where for next season you got to get – like, he was a noticeable uh, difference maker for the Kings in that series against Edmonton. He was yep. dangerous when he was out there. I love that line with uh, Kevin Fiala and Alex Iafalo or with um, uh, Byfield, if, whoever they, they mixed and matched that up. But uh, just a really, really solid third line for the Kings. So, uh, Gabe Velarde, take a look at him. Uh, I did notice since January 1st, he had uh, 17 points and seven goals in 24 games. I mean, that's almost a 60-point, 25-goal pace. So, uh, you know, I like that. And then he actually, he saw a lot of power play time too, 60% power play share since January 1st. So give him a look. Uh, Dawson Mercer, another guy that I was streaming down the down the back half of the season here. Yep. Um, 56 points and 27 goals in 82 games. I mean, maybe the breakout's already occurred. I'm not sure how much more he can really improve on that without power play one time, which he wasn't really getting. But you place him next to Nico Hischer or Jack Hughes all season long, uh, there's there's still some value to be had there. I don't think he's going to go at his ADP of 178. He might be closer to that 150 or, or 125 range somewhere. Um, and, and his shot volume is still a bit of an issue. But 
He was red hot in February and March. He had 22 points, 12 goals yeah. in 26 games played. Yeah, you take notice of stuff like that. Like he he was amazing, and he's he's going to be in the top top six there. There's no question. Yeah. Like you know, I, I don't think Meyer's going to be there really. I don't I don't think that's where he's going to land. You know, after the the playoffs here. So, no. You know, I, I, Mercer, he's a beauty. Like uh, I like that player a lot. Um, I was surprised when I when I just saw how it just he was going off like that. So um, great pick, and I love uh, I, I like Velarde too. I'd like to see uh, you know his advanced statistics. I, I'd like to see more shots. Like this guy, his shooting percentage was was quite high, For but sure. he, when you watch him on the ice, he's he's just his his offensive acumen. Like he's he's elite, and that's only going to get better, right? And he has good players to play around him. Like playing with Kem Fiala, come on. And and taking advantage of those third line matchups, like Kevin yeah, Fiala, totally. Gabe Velarde, and Alex I follow in your third line. I mean, Stupid. That's, yeah. Yeah, I like the player. Um, and then I got two more here. So uh, Keandre Miller, and again, this is kind of an obvious one, but I mean, his fourth year is upcoming here. He's already been fantastic. Forty three points and nine goals this year. I mean, this guy could put up ten to fifteen goals next year and fifty points. Um, two plus blocks per game. Um, so that's great. And then, or sorry, two plus hits per game for bangers leagues and then 1.5 blocks per game. So some nice category coverage there. Uh, and then of course, according to the regression meter, he is not, uh, performance has not been boosted by luck. So that's just a player I'm looking at for D man. Um, he's going to go inside the top 150, I think for next year. And then, you know, we're talking the playoffs. How can we not mention Akira Schmid, Schmid, Schmidt, whatever. Schmid! Schmitty. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, 24 games, right? Very limited sample yeah. size for this guy, but his playoffs four, one and oh, a nine fifty one save percentage. The guy was massive for, for the He's Devils. lights out. Yeah. Uh, lights two, out two shutouts in his last three games. And really the goaltending situation there in New Jersey, um, you know, Vanacek was kind of the guy then wasn't the guy They went to Blackwood. He fell apart. That guy's made a glass apparently. So, um, you know, if, if I'm, Jersey, I'm looking to ship out Blackwoods and run with Vanacek and Schmid or Schmidt, uh, and he's probably going to get 50 percent of the uh, of the crease next season. My one concern with him in these playoffs, this is a small sample size, so it's not a huge issue, but a 9.57 PK save percentage is a massive red flag. So you're going to see some of his numbers come back down to earth probably as soon as this next series. Like 8.60 is the league average for PK save percentage, uh, so his numbers have been inflated obviously by that. Uh, that save percentage on the, on the penalty kill. So keep it on that. Also a 949 even strength save percentage that's coming down big time. Um, so, I mean, guys can run hot in the playoffs and that's all good, but don't expect these types of numbers next year. Yeah, no, that's a great point, man. And also New York, just like uh, New Jersey had their number. They were stymieing on them. Like look at Nico Heischer, man. This guy is elite, an elite defensive forward. Um, yeah. You know, I just was reading a, you know, a tweet and some advanced statistics about just how he shut down uh, Mika Zibanejad. Like it, it wasn't even close. You know, that guy was a non-factor in the series. And then meanwhile, like Schmid is having these numbers, you know, like yeah. New Jersey did a great job defensively on the Rangers there. They just got to up their goal scoring, right? Nice. They had four tonight, but um, yeah, I, I like New Jersey moving forward, especially if this guy, Akira Schmidt can, can play this way. Um, and he had a good season too. I, I think you're, I think you're right. This guy is a major uh, value to me. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, Nate's apples and Geno's zero G. Sure. Uh, well, I am, especially this year, this, this was my last year not doing it all out. Right. I was burned. I'm like, no F that. Like, let's go over here. Um, so this is a guy I'll be targeting for sure, because I am with you, Vanacek. He's they 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 took him out and put Akira Schmid in, in the playoffs in game seven. 
So yeah. that is telling, you know what I mean? That means, okay, now this is their guy. They're not going to go back to Vanacek and be like, Hey buddy, you mind going in here? Like Schmid wants a break. You're like, no. no. Like, and the guy crushed it. Gear. He crushed oh, it. Yeah. Like he, like game shut seven, game shut seven. Out. Are you kidding me? Like that's yeah. I love the player. I'm going to be targeting this guy. Uh, yeah. Like a Hawk. And then Keandre Miller. I like that player as well. Someone I, I talked about at the beginning of the season to me, he's, he really profiles like um, Darnell nurse. Yeah. Like I think he can, he can, you know, that's sort of, I think his ceiling maybe next year, like offensively, he's not really going to get crazy unless he gets some, some power play one time. Right. But he, he's just, his career tra- trajectory is heading upwards. And I think I love, he's such a beefer, like the hits and blocks like that. Yeah. This guy in a cat's league, like you got to draft them. It's no question. So yeah, I love it, buddy. I had a good time talking to you, man. These are, uh, I love this type of stuff. Uh, like we went a little bit long here. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate that. But yeah, this yeah, is like, sure just stuff I can go off on for, <laughs> for a long period. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks buddy. Um, while I got you here, uh, I just want to give you this opportunity just to plug or shout out anything you want here. Uh, what, what do you got to say for yourself? Oh boy. Uh, well, Hey, uh, come follow us on Twitter. Give us a, give us a look at FH hacks. That's kind of where we're most active. Um, be sure to follow the show. We're on all your major podcast directories. So fantasy hockey hacks podcast and, uh, the website fantasyhockeyhacks.com. That's where you can find us. Love that. You, you got to check these guys out. This is must listen stuff. Great podcast. Um, and uh, wicked guys. Um, it was awesome to have you, Devin. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, we'll have to do this again soon. All right. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. That's a verbal contract right there. Right? <laughs> Book it. Yeah, it's done. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Hopefully this uh, was helpful for you. Um, we're going to be keeping up with the off season content here. I'm going to be going crazy. I want to do some divisional uh, you know, sift through the divisional rubble and all that business. But in the meantime, celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.